Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. Hey there, I'm Matt Rothy, pastor at The Way Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Thanks for watching this Good Friday sermon message. How would you describe this moment that Americans and millions of others around the globe are going through right now? Unprecedented? Have you heard that word lately? It's a word that many are using to describe the magnitude of change and uncertainty that our world is dealing with at this moment. Now, for an event to be truly unprecedented, it means it can never ever have occurred before. You actually are seeing that too, aren't you? Governments have never taken such great measures in order to combat a health crisis. 10 million Americans filed for unemployment in March. This country has never seen that before. People have never before stayed at home to this extent. And we, as a local church and the Christian church throughout the world, have never gathered in the ways that we are now. It's unprecedented. This is a word that seems to accurately capture this moment in our lives. And as we face a moment that is truly unprecedented, Many of us, maybe even all of us, experience a symptom of such a situation. Fear. Fear that my loved ones or I may get sick because of the novel virus. Fear that I lose my job or my business. Fear that we will not be able to have the same income or my investment's value drops. Fear that I might not be able to handle all this isolation. For many people, an unprecedented amount of fear is something they face during unprecedented time. But there's one more fear. There's one more fear that I want to mention. It's always been around. It's not a secret. But now, due to coronavirus, this fear inducer is getting a lot of press. It's death. Every day, death is being tallied and counted and published worldwide. And that means every day people are forced to contemplate their own mortality, at least on some level. And for many, that induces fear. So let's ask an important question. What do you do with the fear of death? How do you deal with fear in general? Well, I want to share with you an illustration. Uh, It's an illustration that a pastor shared with me recently. And the illustration goes like this. Fear, whether fear of death, fear of job loss, or fear of a virus, fear is, well, a lot like the air in this cup. You can't see the air in this cup just like you can't see the fears that we have. And yet the air inside this cup is real. You know it's there. You breathe it in every day. Air affects every aspect of your life. And just like our fears, though we cannot see them necessarily, they are real. You know they are there. 
and they affect many aspects of our lives. So here's a question. If I want to get rid of the air inside this cup, what do I need to do? It's an interesting problem to think about. How could someone get air out of a cup? You could try to pour it out of the cup, but that wouldn't work. That's not how air works. You could try to blow it out, but that wouldn't work either. You'd really just be blowing more air into the cup. What is the only way you could possibly get all the air out of this cup? Let me show you. The only way to get all the air out of the cup is to fill the cup completely full with something else. The water inside this cup forces all of the air out of the cup and fills it in such a way that no more air can return. So here's the real question. If you want to get rid of the fears that you have inside of you, what do you need to do? If we try to ignore our fears, that won't work. Our fears will still be there. If we try to push our fears away, that doesn't work either. There's only going to be more fears that take their place. So what do you do with your fears? Well, to be frank, there is nothing you and I can do to take our fears away. But there is one thing that can take our fears away. Replace our fears. What needs to happen is that we get filled up with something else. What must happen is that the space in our hearts is filled with someone else. And that someone is Jesus. And you might be saying, Matt, come on, how does Jesus actually and practically do that? How does he push our fears away and fill us up? Well, let me share with you God's word. Hebrews chapter 2 says this, Since the children, and the children is you and I, have flesh and blood, he too, that is Jesus, shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. God's word tells us that Jesus Christ came to earth and when he did, the almighty God himself took on flesh and blood. And he did it in order to die the death that mere mortal humans fear. When God's only son died, his death broke the power that death held over us. His death on the cross on Good Friday set us free from fear and get this, he set us free from our fear of death. Christ died to free us who spend our lives held in slavery by our fear of death. Still not convinced that Jesus can and does actually and practically fill us up in such a way that all your fears are driven away? Well, let me read to you a moving section of God's word. This is 1 John chapter 4. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, 
God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. There is no greater, no more perfect demonstration of love than this. Jesus Christ, sinless and holy, sacrificed his life for us who are sinful and unholy in order to be the savior of the world. And now, if anyone acknowledges that, if anyone believes that truth, God lives in that person and lives in us and us in him. And here's the thing about God in us. God is love. And do you know what love does? Perfect love drives out fear. Perfect love replaces fear. The perfect love of Christ illuminated most brightly on the dark hill of Calvary and on a cross, that perfect love drives out all fear in us. No fear in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in us. God is love. He showed that to you by dying for you. Now, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And there is no fear in love. That's good news. That good news is the gospel of Christ Jesus for you. It's the gospel in dying. Let me be clear. What I am saying is that there is good news for you, yes, even in dying. And that's something we, we really must be upfront about. We need to be upfront about death. The fact that we will all die. Why? It's because sin is a thing that we are in. Look, at the time the devil tempted our first parents, Adam and Eve, and they sinned, God punished sinfulness with a contract, so to speak. The agreement was straightforward. You sin, you die. It's a very strict contract. And because every person after Adam and Eve was born by sinful people, they too sinned and they died, ourselves included. We sin. We sin with the loveless words we say. We sin with the disturbing and distressing thoughts we think. We sin with the very essence of our existence because of our insistence to act contrary to God's word. Therefore, every single one of us will die. And because the devil was first responsible for the sin that causes death, Hebrews says he holds the power over death. Or at least he did. <laughs> because, you see, God wrote a clause into the contract he made between God and humankind. It is a clause that the devil wishes he could forget. And sure, several people have forgotten about this clause as well. But it was a clause in which God promised that one day he would send his son, born of a woman, to die in place of all those who will die physically, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. This is the gospel in dying. That is why we can say that there is good news for you and me 
in dying. Speaking of contracts and clauses, have you ever heard of the term force majeure? A force majeure clause is a contractual clause which completely changes a person's contractual obligations when an extraordinary event or circumstance beyond control prevents that person from fulfilling their contractual obligations. Let me give you an example because enacting a force majeure clause is extremely rare, but you may have heard of this happening recently. Several large retailers like the Cheesecake Factory, Subway, and Adidas in Germany all pointed to force majeure clauses in their retail rental contracts saying that they are unable to pay their rent and are legally allowed to not pay their rent to their landlord. How can they do this? Just not pay their rent. They say that coronavirus is an event so unpredictable, so extraordinary, and beyond their control they cannot fulfill the obligations of the contract. That's what a force majeure clause allows. You need not fulfill your contractual obligations because you cannot. Do you know what force majeure means literally? It's French for superior force. And that's what Christ is. He is the superior force that came into our lives and on Good Friday made it so that you and I need not fulfill our contractual obligations any longer. God's contract with humanity is this. You sin, you die. But an event so unpredictable, so extraordinary, and beyond your control occurred on Good Friday that now you and I are prevented from having to fulfill that contract. Christ died for you. Therefore, you will not die, but you will live with him forever. Look, you and I don't know what will happen to this city, this country, or this church. You and I don't know what the future holds tomorrow, next month, or next year. And perhaps that causes some fear. I can't promise you that on June 11th here in Virginia, everything is going to be just fine. And just like that, everything will be back in line and there will be no loss. But God promises you this. God is in you and God is love. Therefore, you have nothing to fear from now until June 10th or at any point in your life because there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. You are filled with the love of Christ. What is there to fear? Now look, no one can guarantee that you will keep your job and your financial future will be secure. But your God and Lord does guarantee that he is eternally invested in you. By believing that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in you and you in God. And so you can know and rely on the love of God he has for you. You are filled with the certainty that God is for you. Who or what can be against you? Look, I cannot promise that you won't get sick, that you won't contract coronavirus or you won't die from that or some other cause. But Christ Jesus, your Savior, promises this. 
by his death, he broke the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and freed those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. You are filled with Christ's promise to you that whenever you see death, you will see Jesus. That is the gospel in dying. That is the good news that makes Good Friday good. Amen. <laughs>